Hey there, Mark. How we doing tonight? Hey, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, you know, just getting over all this coronavirus nonsense. That's been an awful lot of fun. Dude, I've had the weirdest cravings in for like like well, I've had this this stupid disease. Yeah? What what, I, are, you, what are you in the mood for, buddy? Like, you know, I, I it, it varies. You know, sometimes I want a BLT and sometimes I want just an LT because bacon has a face on it. And, you know, maybe I want to be vegetarian. And there are other days where I just want to hork down a 72-ounce steak at the panhandler and just stare my ex-girlfriend in the face as I do it. What about you, man? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, Johnny, vegetarian dude. Number one, I've known you for years and that ain't you, babe. But number two, like... If God wanted us to be vegetarians, he wouldn't have invented steak sauce. That is that is absolutely true. And plus, I keep my car very full of gas, so I wouldn't have to siphon off of anybody anytime soon. I think I'd be okay not doing a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. Welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of King of the Hill and we talk about them. And are they good? Are they bad? And are they worth it anymore and does the show hold up and even just this week johnny i got i didn't get shitty on twitter i I don't know what you call that somebody posted this take of oh yeah i don't think king of the hill ever got bad and i tweeted our spotify feed at him and said hey we're doing this right now yeah absolutely check us out yeah but here we are two buddies reviewing king of the hill you want to get into it man let's get into it uh we're starting off today's uh today's episode with Episode 37, and they call it Bobby Love. This is Season 3, Episode 2, folks. Uh, If you are following along with us, we are going chronologically here. Uh, Our original air date for And They Call It Bobby Love is September 22nd, 1998. Our writer for this is one infamous Norm Hiscock, as uh, we Mm -hmm. talked about in a previous episode. You know, very well known for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a bunch of other stuff. But it looks like this is his second episode with, uh, with King of the Hill. Uh, I'm going to guess that they got him in right at, either right at the beginning of this season or right at the very end of last season and just didn't have anything for him to do. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, he oh. wrote Propane Boom, though, right? Or he co-wrote on it? He did write Propane or Boom. I, yep. Yeah. So yeah. The, I can't remember. It's officially, Propane Boom is the end of season two, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, so it's Propane Boom, one is the end of season two, and then uh, Death of a Propane Salesman is season three one that's right okay yeah so they got him right at the very end of last season and i think they're trying to fill him out and see you know what they can do with him and so far i mean guy's got some chops i've liked everything he's done so far so (laughs) all one episode we reviewed (laughs) all the one i mean hey you know dude one and oh it's better than it's better than the oakland raiders are ever gonna do so you know it's very true actually i think they were one and oh this year Anyway, I mean Las Vegas Raiders. There's my retro reference rage. Learn football teams are <laughs> dumb shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a Broncos fan. You can continue calling them the Raiders as long as I can continue telling you I hate them. Oh, uh, stuff to say about football. I, I got a rant at you after we finish. I got, oh god, I'm so upset. Anyway, yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so our cast of characters for this episode is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve. Khan and Connie Supanusaphone, Stuart Dooley, Marie, Marie's mother and father, an unnamed man cameo. I don't remember. Oh, it's unnamed men cameo. And I'm going to guess that's the uh, trash truck guys. Oh, I was thinking maybe the dude who was um, 
uh, behind the counter at the whatever the hell at the mall. It could have been the guy that as well. At the fast at the, in the food court. I can't. It's been so long since I've been in a mall. I forgot how they what what they're called. <laughs> there are still malls, Mark. Actually, yes, there is. You just got to go to yes. Small Town America. Um, or Chapel Hills and Springs. There's like three stores left. It's really weird. It's I, I've actually been there in the last two years, and it is very weird. Um, yeah. I find it weird that they just talk unnamed men because they also don't talk about uh, the waitress at the Panhandler, the Texas Panhandler. Yeah. And like, there's a whole bunch of uncredited people here because they, they don't talk about specifically about the trash truck guys. They don't talk about the guy behind the counter at the mall. They don't talk about the, whatever. Our, our wiki parents. people are suck. Our wiki people suck. That's really the the lesson we've learned from doing this. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a yeah. cameo by one Chuck Mangione. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure where. In the restaurant. Oh, he's in the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you two. I'm trying to eat. Yeah. That's that's right. That's right. Yep. Uh, well, Mark, do you want a synopsis from me? Yeah, give me a synopsis, buddy. Uh, so Bobby gets his first real girlfriend and learns how hard your first real heartbreak can be. The guys find a couch. <laughs> and they learn how hard a real heartbreak can be. It's pretty much. Spoilers, Mark. Spoilers at the end here. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. My, my, Jeez. My I know. Um, I'm sorry. So I feel like we have a fully developed A and B story in this. We've got our A story yes. characters, Bobby and Marie, and then our B story characters, Hank, Bill, Dale, Boomhauer. I, I, it's been a minute since we had the four guys like have a, a yeah. whole episode dedicated just to them doing weird four guys shit, like fixing something up. And damn, did I miss it? It's good, to, just the silliness of I, I I have that as a moment. It's I love the silliness of them fixing the couch. It's it's cute. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we start off with some pros and cons here, or I mean, we can jump right into them. I just I have notes for the first time. And the biggest okay. one I wanted to talk to you about that's that's not really a pro and con, I did a little bit of digging here in my own brain, and we're clearing okay. up the King of the Hill timeline. Yeah, it is specific. It is specifically mentioned in this that Peggy says to Bobby that I, I don't think you can compare a two-day infatuation to a 20-year marriage. So mm -hmm. Peggy legit calls out, okay, we've been married for 20 years. Yeah. And uh, then also they've been trying for Bobby for eight before they got him. That is true. As I say, because Hank is canonically 45, and they mm -hmm. tried for eight years for Bobby. And so that means that since Hank and Peggy were high school sweethearts, now we're just assuming that they met senior year. I know it wasn't freshman year because Peggy eventually came in from Montana. She didn't start high school in Texas. Right, right, but right. But if we go specifically just from senior year, they courted for seven years before they got married. And then tried for a kid another eight years after that. I mean, seven years for Hank sounds about right, though. I, it kind of does. Oh, God. And that makes his, like, weird little, I sure am fond of you proposal even worse. It really does. Oh, after God, seven, seven years, years, you better be fond of me. Also, Peggy's and the only like, other person Peggy's, like, had, like, even been with was a gay dude. And, oh, man. Right? Can you imagine just, like, the frigidity because they also mentioned later in this series that Hank gave it up on his wedding night. Yep. Meaning they went, she went seven years cold turkey. Maybe. I don't know, Johnny, because they've done things that you can't even imagine. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool to, to clear that up. I never think of Hank as 45 years old. 
I definitely yeah. think of him closer to Khan's age as 41 that he talks about in the Boneyard episode. Right. And I don't know. It's it's kind of cool to think of it that way. That also mm-hmm. means that Hank really has tw- he has 20 more years to work for Strickland. Oh, my God. Before he can retire. That poor bat. And you know that, like, Buck is going to, s- like, sell the company 401k or something out from under him and right to pay off Reroy's <laughs> alimony or... Ray Roy. Oh my God. Ray Roy. Um, so, and if, and if we want to like just spitball here and throw canonically that at, in 1996, Hank is 45 years old. That means in four years, just over four years, Hank will retire. Man. Right? That is so weird. It's a, it's a mind trip, man. Joseph is working for Strickland. Yeah. Bobby is on like some weird debate scholarship somewhere or something. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I guess Bobby's graduated, right? Yeah, Bobby Bobby has kids, Johnny. Bobby has kids, man. Bobby and Connie already have kids. Con Junior. Yes. Um so let's uh, let's bust into some pros and cons. Let's hear some pros from you, man. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I got to look him up here. I like Marie's dumb logic about the 500 chickens. I think it's really funny. It's okay, really since... funny to not just see Peggy be stupid about something when she's trying to make a point that she believes in. And I like that little bit. What's up, buddy? Uh, since you brought it up, that was the other note that I had. And I was waiting to see if you had it as a pro or a con. Because okay. I think it's hilarious. Um, the I, I have an article written by USA Today that I typed in. And I literally just Google searched, how many chickens does the average human consume in their lifetime? Okay. It did not just give me chickens. Oh, cool. Uh, so US, I'm going to read verbatim here. USA Today reports that the average meat eater eats a whopping 7,000 animals in the course of a lifetime. This wow. This roughly breaks down to 11 cows, 27 okay. pigs, 2400 okay. chickens, 80 turkeys, oh 30 sheep and 4500 fish. All right. Only only one red flag, 80 turkeys. That's one turkey so, every Thanksgiving so, for your entire life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but But it's Johnny, a whole that's turkey. That's a 20 pound bird. You're not taking I <laughs> I feel like the cow and the pig are easier to get by. Chickens, yeah, de- like we do. I I cook. I roast a chicken a week. Like, right. I'll do. I do a beer can chicken, and then we can like use it to make other stuff throughout the week. It's oh yeah. Our, you know, being adult grown ups and meal planning and shit. So like, right there, there's fifty two chickens out of me. <laughs> we'll call it fifty because I skip a week. But like, there's no way that you're t- that you or I are ever going to take down eighty turkeys. Like. I don't think so, because I do like I think turkey, I, but not that damn much. I love turkey, yeah, but, like, man, I, I feel like that window might have opened when I was 15, and it's probably slamming shut here in the next, like, three years, where maybe I could eat an entire turkey on my own in two days, but <laughs> not for much longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a but lot of bird. Also, I, don't know. I, f- I think it's interesting they don't count, like, shellfish. Because, yeah. Jesus Christ, you and I have been together when we, like, go full on, you know, burn all the villagers and eat their shrimp children, like, at Red Lobster, yes. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I think that the, this uh, this date is a little bit skewed because I think I've, I've had sheep maybe three times in my entire life, but I mm. eat cow usually every single day. 
I will have yeah. beef for at least one meal almost every day. So see that maybe it's I don't know. No, I I'm I'm still hung on turkey, but whatever. That's I'm getting hung up on the wrong thing. But it, well, and I and I like fish, but I don't know if I'm ever going to eat forty five hundred of them. It's not until I moved no, to Norway where that's all they eat. Yeah, I no, <laughs> I don't like fish enough to eat forty five hundred of them. Right. I anyway, sorry. I, like smoked oysters, then that's then I've eaten forty five hundred already, and Christmas <laughs> is coming, and I bet I eat another thousand because. <laughs> oh God, smoked oysters. Oh. Uh, so. I totally derailed you, but that's only because that was the other real big note that I had, and I thought it was a, a little fun thing here because it's no, definitely awesome. skewed. I love man. that stuff. I, I love it. No, I love it. You're, you're, you're not only are we talking about King of the Hill, but you're like, you're looking into shit. It's great. You know, it's not just I like this episode because of X. You're, I like it. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, let's hear some more pros. Um, I if I have a few notes though before we do that. Number yeah. one, Johnny, what happened to Boomhauer? He talks about that dangle electric toothbrush man, and then and then yeah, and he stops. And something really bad happened to Boomhauer with an electric toothbrush. Yeah, it's not often that he gets he gets stunned into silence. Yeah. Um. Also, from here on in, I demand to be called Sweet Meat by, well, I guess just Amanda, but still, I demand to be called Sweet Meat. <laughs> You have to. Peggy be sweet calls meat. Hank sweet meat, and I think it's. I think that's such a cute little thing. You don't. She never calls Hank. She never gives Hank a pet name. Like right. Hank will call her Peg Leg or something. But I. I just think that's a really cute little moment. Uh, Return of the Panhandler. That was cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um. So I guess for actual pros, I don't have a ton, but I don't have it. I forget which episode it was. You told or man who shot Kane Scredeberg, and you said at some point you just put it down and quit taking notes and just watched. Yeah. And I kind of did that with this episode. Because I didn't want to watch this one. I I remember not liking this episode. Right. It just, when it came up in the queue, I didn't care for it. And man, what a difference, however many years makes since I've watched it. But I, I just put it down and watched, and I really enjoyed it. But my, my big note is we're always on Brittany Murphy's proverbial voice acting dick. Yes. And tonight, we need to get on Pamela Alden's voice acting dick. Yes. Because, oh my God, does she do an absolutely amazing job with Bobby. Yeah, the it's, range in this is nuts. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. It's like, it's all the same Luann notes, but it's different because it's, she's still being a 13-year-old boy. You know, I'm sorry, like, Brittany Murphy screaming as a, as a 19-year-old girl, whatever, that's not really a stretch, but a grown woman having to, like, pitch her voice to scream like a little boy... Because he is. He's a little 12-year-old boy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And make it the believable. Just the downs of that. And, like, yeah. But his voice is cracking. And then, like, even the, what are you talking about outside of the house? It's sad, but it's still kind of Jewish. And it's, God, she just kills it. Like, yeah. pours him out to her, man. Oh, absolutely. I, this episode is... <sighs> I, I walked away from it also not thinking I was going to like it very much and being pleasantly surprised. And I think mm-hmm. I've come to the determination that this is the superior Bobby in love episode. It's way, way better than his Cupid episode because this is actually oh. watchable. Oh, yeah. You can't. No, Cupid is terrible. Yeah, it is. So, the Cupid one is so awkward and it makes you it's so gross. uncomfortable. Yeah. But this one, 
like like you already mentioned, like Pamela Adlin, she hits every single note as if she has been a 12-year-old boy before. She knows exactly how to be accusing to the kid dancing with his girlfriend. She knows exactly mm-hmm. what to say in the exact tone of voice when she says, oh, but you kissed me. That means we're back together now. Like, yep. it hurts to watch that because I have been that kid before. I, yeah, like. But it was so real. And so, that, like, I definitely just sat and watched this for a minute, too. I, I stopped yeah. taking notes when I realized I had so many good ones. <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing. And also a final one. Man, I think this might be the best we've, we will see Peggy in a, for a very long time. Anytime Peggy's talking, she is great. Like, I yeah. love every single Peggy line in this episode. And it's all so dumb. Like, oh, honey, I understand. <laughs> she looks exactly like me. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Not even a tiny bit. And just, that's great. Or, you, you know, the, the the whole, we've done things you can't even imagine. Like, it's wonderful. I love uh-huh. it. It's She's like, I'm going to up the ante to the point where you can't fight me back because then you're gonna, it's going to yeah. be gross. Yeah. <laughs> so much so that, like, Hank doesn't want to do it. He's like, nope, we're done. Stop. I, <laughs> I love any, th- I love any time that uh, Peggy's on screen for this one. Any line, it's cool to see Peggy have one of these because, like, we always have the oh man, anytime Dale's there, anytime Cotton's on, or it, whatever. But man, yep. it's cool to see Peggy getting one. Oh yeah, probably they, for the last time until Lupe's revenge. But whatever. They, honestly, it might be, and this is such a strong way to start season three. Like. They, they did their nice little tie-up ending after the big cliffhanger of season two, and uh-huh. I, I, th- I don't think it's any joke to any of you guys that are listening that Mark absolutely adored that episode, but they followed up with such a strong one for everyone else with the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, I've got some pros here, man. Yeah, lay mommy, bud. Um, my name is Hank Taxpayer. This is the closest we're going to get to Karen Hank without Hank ever actually turning into a Karen. Because I don't think he is. I think he's just like, no, damn it, I pay taxes. Come and pick up this stupid couch. He's and I, not being I, a Karen. Yeah. He's saying, like, come do your damn jobs, uh, to be pretty fair. Pretty much. Yeah. And, like, and he doesn't continue to emphasize it. He says it one time, and then he completely gets sidetracked with, well, I guess we just sit in the alley and talk about sports mostly. <laughs> like... Uh. He just strikes up a friendly conversation with the guy. But I I see a lot of people that like to equate Hank to one of these Karens or somebody that, that would hate woke culture. And it's like, no, he wouldn't. He's just not a total dick. He knows where to where to make a stand and how much force to use making said stand. Yeah. it's it, it, He knows where his hills are going to die on. And it's only for yes. porn, but... He's going to die for porn and propane. like Porn and propane, man. And probably Ladybird. Ladybird? I don't want to talk about that one yet. Um, uh, so I love that Bobby's Jewish shtick has now made a comeback. And yes, I use the word shtick intentionally. Yep. Um, this is the second time we've heard the phrase Lucky Pierre. Yeah. And I don't know. Have you ever heard that before this show? Because I have never heard it anywhere except this. I'm assuming that it's regionally Texan. I assume it is, yeah, but yeah. Because we always just called it riding the bitch seat. We'll see. Okay, here's how I get it. Because Pierre's a Frenchman, so he's obviously gay. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, what, Dale gets to be lucky Pierre when he's sandwiched in between Khan and Hank on the moped crossing the border. Yep. And then Boomhauer. Boomhauer says he doesn't want to be lucky Pierre. I think Boomhauer doesn't want to sit next to Bill. But <laughs> Right. 
and he's just not hurting feelings. It's like, ah, I can be homophobic. It's 1996. Whatever. No one cares. Like, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they totally nailed the vibe and feel of an awkward middle school party. Oh, my God. Yes. I have been to a lot of well, those. Well, okay. I can't, I can't agree to that. I didn't go to any middle school parties. I, I mean, I, I went to it cool enough. enough. I went to enough. And, I mean, they weren't like drinking parties. These were like weird theater kid parties that everybody just got like hammered on cola the entire time and everybody jumped around and danced around and it was obnoxious but it was just as awkward as any other kind of party let's sing sweeney todd yeah pretty much <laughs> oh um you had to do it too you poor it, I, bastard i really did man oh <laughs> 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 we're gonna derail for just a second so you can get that out of your system <laughs> thank you <laughs> Um, the things you forget to remember. <laughs> I, I have not spoken to her since my freshman year, your sophomore year. God damn. I, I don't think I've spoken to her since your sophomore year. There we go. Um, So, and then the last pro I've gotten here is that Maria is shockingly direct for a 14-year-old girl when she's breaking up with Bobby. It's, nope, this is not what we are, and I this is not okay, and I don't think we should talk to each other anymore. Yeah. I, when I was 14, that was not how a girl broke up with you. You just stopped yeah. talking and then her friends hated you and sent you mean texts. I'm old enough that I got a note. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I've asked girls out via note before. Oh, man. Remember when? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, Mark. I remember. I remember too, Johnny. Uh, so let's jump into some cons here because I don't have very many of them and it's kind of funny. One of them directly contradicts one of your pros. All right. Um, so Bobby gets kind of cringy and peer pressure on the couch the second time they kiss and I don't like it. I don't like it because to me, it seems like he's not understanding the, the idea of consent and her, and he's just like really guilting her into something and now it's it's a mm -hmm. kiss yes but it starts with that and then can morph especially if a, an impressionable youth sees that but so you're saying it started out with the kiss how did it end up like this i swear to god mark kiss. it was only a kiss <laughs> i cannot stand the killers you are murdering me inside right now i did <laughs> not know that i absolutely love the killers Weird. i take it back i hate that album what Hot Join Fuss us next week when Johnny and I listen to all the killers. Fuck you. Hot Fuzz is amazing. Dude, change your mind. No. No. <laughs> I I danced with Alyssa Miller to change your mind. No. I We loved each other. No. <laughs> I played uh, her that song in band on the guitar and it was weird because everybody thought it was weird except for the two of us. No. Whatever. That's all getting cut out. But... <laughs> One of these days, right. Mark, you will have to convince me that, that Hot Boss really isn't that bad, but I am so damn tired of hearing Mr. Brightside. I oh, swear Mr. To God. Brightside sucks. Mr. Ugh. Brightside sucks. Every fucking Trap House cover of it sucks. Mr. Brightside is a shit song. I'm not... That's the worst song in that fucking album. No, the rest of it is great, dude. Like, especially if you take it from the narrative of, like, the main... Like, the, the albums through the lens of a serial killer. It's fantastic. Like... <laughs> 
Holy shit, it's great. Anyway, that's we're not doing dang old killers right now. I'm sorry, I, I totally exploded. <laughs> we're not doing the Mr. Brightside good. podcast where I convince you that the killers are an amazing band. It's all good, buddy. So okay, I don't know. I sorry. The, the idea yeah. behind it being consent, like that was kind of my issue. And it's really not that bad. It's very harmless. Um, yeah. The other con that I have is I don't like smug Peggy towards Bobby, but that's me personally. I love Smug Peggy. I think it because she's not bitchy yet. She's just kind of like, I I even I think I have that as one of my favorite moments. I'm, yeah, I yeah, that's one of my favorite moments. I guess your love wasn't as strong as ours. Like holy shit! It's and it's a great son. moment. Maybe it's because it's too real. Because my mom would have done something like that if I had been a little shithead and just called her out for you know what her and my dad or her and my stepdad didn't do in public, and then I it crashed yeah. and burned. My mom absolutely would call me out like this. <laughs> so maybe I just don't want to believe that. That's fair. Um, I'm can I go myself? Can I go back to your point about the consent deal? Yeah. No. I because that's those are those were my two cons for the whole episode. So I, I took the same beat that you did with that, but then I realized, like, okay, this is one of those things where Bobby doesn't know what he's doing, but Bobby watches a lot of TV that he shouldn't be watching. We know that he watches Breakfast at the Apollo. I yeah. honestly think that, like, he's seen this bit of, like, you need to consider my needs, too. He doesn't know what he's saying, because very clearly, he's a 12-year-old boy. Okay. Like, he doesn't have um, he doesn't have he doesn't he's nowhere near like uh, emotionally mature enough to handle this. We know that Bobby's a straightforward kid, but not not like this. This is something that he has no idea over and I honestly think he's like this is what they do on TV. And even like the hand thing, his weird little hand thing. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. Like he's I don't I think he's I think he's trying to like keep an idea of what he thinks it's supposed to be maybe. And this is what couples do. Hey, you want to have sex tonight, Al? Oh, no, Peg. Well, think of my needs, Al. No. And then he rolls over and farts, you know? like. Uh, no, Peg. No, Peg. <laughs> Toilet flush. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That's that's just me. And I, I also yeah. agree with you. It is it is kind of weird, but I didn't take it as, as so creepy. But, yeah. Well, and that's just it. It's Bobby, so it's really hard to take it creepy. It's hard to yeah. take it that way, especially once you've already endeared yourself to this character. Because at this point, even watching this as a brand new episode, you know that that's not Bobby. They've yeah. defined him enough that that would not be him. Okay. So, like, it's okay, and it's a. Enough. I had to find some cons in this episode because there's not a lot to hate about it. I found a couple. Did you? Let's hear them. Yeah. Well, so chiefly, Bill's nightgown is back. Already, red flag. <laughs> Already a strike against us, man. Like, <laughs> that horrible, horrible nightgown. Um, Okay, I lied. There's no cons. This episode made me want a bunch of stuff that I can't have. Like, I would love to have a couch outside that I sit on and drink beer with my friends, but I can't have that. I can see one on your porch. it's not appropriate. Like... Yep. We had one. Remember that that old college house we had? We had that busted ass couch out there, and you and I just sit out there drinking beers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, God, this episode made me want a steak so bad. Oh gosh, yes. But no, I don't have any cons. I like. I really liked this episode. I was just pick. I was just being a bitch. But <laughs> no, it's oh, good. Also, I have one note though. Um. We see Hank have a weird PTSD flashback, but only for a moment. When he asks her, wait, she's real, right? Hank remembers head, Johnny. <laughs> he Hank remembers is remembering head. head. And 
And you can see that looking. Man, credit to the animation department on that one because his face twitches just for a second and he's remembering head. And love it. I also want to imagine that the cereal box model is a, is a jab at Carrie Strug as well. Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that one. Good for Because you. that's yeah. what I thought. Because I'm like, who in the hell is a cereal? Like, who would be on a cereal box, like, as a model that's not yeah. animated? All people on the Wheaties box who were on there? Athletes. I bet you Carrie Strug was on there. Jeff Gordon's a race car driver? Yeah, and Jeff Gordon. There you go. <laughs> um, so if we can backtrack, like, maybe 20 seconds here. I also have yeah, one sure. final thing that uh, I, I looked up. And I'm pretty sure this is going to happen in about six months, seven months from now when I come down and I'm in your neck of the woods. If not sooner, definitely yeah. six to seven months ago when I'm, I'm down in your neck of the woods. Um, the Amarillo 72-ounce challenge is not that far from where you live. We've talked about this. We, we talked about this on Company Man. We said we're going to do it. We can yep. do it. And I think... I am going to eat five pounds of meat. I can... Hell Yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in it with you, man. And I think that when I come down for my uh, for my master's program, and the the very end of it, I'm gonna take an extra two days off, and you and I can just road trip down to Amarillo and go and see some weird Hell shit yeah. and eat a giant steak. I think we can even fly to Amarillo from Alamosa, if I recall correctly. That is even better because I do not want to be that uncomfortable in a car ride and wonder what the the aftermath is gonna look like if you and I try and drive home after that. Devastating. It'll be devastating. Yes, we will It'll be, be us, like, to talking to each other. That wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> also, love that moment. We're talking to Connie, and it just completely horks it. Yep. But no, the the seventy two ounce steak challenge. There, it is a dollar an ounce. If you don't finish it, it is seventy two dollars. And I am willing I, to put that money on the on the on the floor just to see it, just to try. I it. have got. Yeah, I have got 200 bucks, a steak for each of us, and a sizable tip for the wait staff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Hell yeah, I definitely yeah. looked that up today. Uh, let's uh, let's get into some favorite moments, man. Uh, can I say the whole damn episode? Because, man, so yeah. much of this is great. Yeah. Um, guys have... fixing the couch, I already called that. I think that's so cute. They got, yes. they got up on their little, like, lifts. and um, Yeah, and I also really love the uh, Bill calling Dale about the couch. <laughs> or yeah 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 like yeah that I whole phone sure call I got that right in my head yeah i was just thinking about the couch i was thinking about the couch well let's go sit on it but then dale's dale being weird dale recording this shit for why why is he recording it who cares he is <laughs> that's dale. that's my first favorite moment is the disclaimer that he does as he picks up the phone yeah i'm i it's amazing it's it's dale these guys yeah. are having way too much fun writing for him, and I think it's because they all really wish they could just party with Hunter S. Thompson, and this is what their their ideal caricature of him is. They're projecting, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> How about you, buddy? What do you got? Um, so, yeah, Dale's disclaimer for his phone call. I love that Bobby unbuttons his pants during the steak challenge. We've all been there. I had that as a note. Yeah, Um. it's weird to see. So, number one, I love the Hank line of... His taste in music has gotten better too, and he's yep. laying on the floor on in jeans. And I have the note: it's weird to see Bobby in jeans, but Bobby has to be in jeans for this to unbutton his jeans while he's yep. eating the steak. It's man, it's these guys are smart, Johnny. Like they, you don't even see him setting this stuff up, you know. There's more continuity there than we want to give it credit for, because we're so used yeah. to being spoiled with shit like Futurama. Yeah, but even just. 
I also wonder, too, if, like, Bobby's hurting inside, so he's like, what do adults do? They wear pants. I'm going to wear pants now. Like, you know what I yep. mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to country music face down and wear pants. That's what you do when you get hurt. Yep, that's my last favorite moment is specifically Hank Williams' I'm So Lonely I Could Cry. That song is incredible. Fantastic song. And damn, does it not just set the mood perfect for him, for that poor poor kid. Yep. So uh, we did. We went through this whole episode, Mark, without talking about who the uh, guest star Marie is cameoed. Who is the guest star Marie? Um, I don't have a retro reference rage, so this is going to be the closest thing you guys get because it is the one and only Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Huh. Were you a big Buffy fan? No, but we have a yeah, friend I... who is, and he's obnoxious about it, so. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> oh, I hope I, he listens to it. I don't it. think I've ever watched an episode of Buffy. I I watched my, the movie. The movie is fantastic. Pee Wee Herman yeah. in it. Check it out, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my mom and my sister really liked it. My wife absolutely adores it. I've tried. Lord help me, I have tried. But I don't really care for vampires unless they're intentionally doing satire. So even kitschy mm. vampires are not fun. Yeah. It's just... You know, I watched half of Bram Stoker's Dracula the other day, and I just kept making Simpsons quotes the entire time. His hair is so queer. I heard that. (laughs) Um, Well, Mark, uh, should we explain to the good folks what our rating system here is? Because I think it's about time we rate this bad boy. Yes, I think it's about that time, buddy. Well, first off. You want me to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this one. You can have the next one. Right on. Go get her, buddy. Alrighty. So our rating system is as follows. Our lowest tier here, our F rank, uh, absolute garbage of an episode is a charcoal level. Um, these are episodes that you watch once and then you go, I never really want to watch this again because it doesn't really like, it's just not fun to watch. It doesn't really fit very well. Uh, after that we have our bronze tier, the mega low rating. Uh, these are our D tier episodes. They usually have a couple of good moments, but there's not a lot to write home about. And usually they're also pretty skippable. You might watch them if you have nothing better to do, but honestly, they're the ones that you sit on your phone the entire time as you're listening to King of the Hill. Yep. After that, we have our silver rating, the butane rating. Butane is a bastard gas. And usually these are bastards of episodes because there's a lot to like, but a lot to hate. So if you have a butane episode, you're probably going to watch it all the way through and you're definitely going to remember it or at least bits and pieces of it. Uh, So a lot of the times, you know, your butane episodes are pretty good. After that, we have our gold rating. The gold standard is the Char King Imperial. Those episodes are... Episodes that are Char King are the tip top of the series. Some, these are some of the best episodes that you're going to see. They have some of the best character development, some of the best stories. You're going to have some of the best performances from, from the actors and some of the one, most wonderful animations. Or just some weird melange of all of the different things. Yeah. The only way to get better than uh, Wagner, Char, King, Imperial is a blue flame of valor. These are near-perfect television episodes. Not just King of the Hill, but television in general. They mm-hmm. are episodes that are never skipped, and they live in the zeitgeist forevermore. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, Mark, what did you rate, and they call it Bobby Love? Um, honestly, I gave Bob. Try that again. 
I gave, and they call it Bobby Love, uh, a Char King. I think this is a great episode. Uh, the A and B plots are fantastic. I like that they are independent of each other, but they still, but they're still tied together through the central item of the couch. I, I, I like the feelings that Bobby makes me feel about because I, yeah, I do remember, you know. Yeah. And, um, I love the triumph of him eating the steak. I love his little steak flourish. I love Marie's parents clapping their asses off for <laughs> standing on their chairs. You know they're so sick of that girl too, dude. Like, oh uh-huh. my god, we're at a steak house. You can't have white toast and rice. Shut up, like. <laughs> you know she's just cow. obnoxious at home all the time too. Like, I no, I love this episode. It's it's fantastic, but it's. It's not gonna be a, a blue flame of valor, but you know what? Even more, even more so, I'm giving it like surprise rating, because like yeah. I said, man, I didn't want to watch this one because I didn't remember not liking it, and damn, it just it's charming. I love it. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I also went into this, like I mentioned earlier, not thinking too highly of it. I remember liking it, but not loving it, and I came away from this loving this episode. So I also gave it a Char King. I oh, found shit, it really yeah, yeah dude and the, and I think this is uh this is one of those episodes that you and I we could sit down and you and I could split a six pack and watch maybe 3 hours worth of King of the Hill this episode's always going to make it into that rotation I think you're right like it's always going to there is so much good here and so many feels here that it's mm-hmm. it just it's a it makes you feel good man yeah, it really it does. It really does, especially the ending, because Bobby gets his comeuppance, and he also has to pay for it, but damn, it's nice to see him win one after getting just, like, totally thrashed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, with That's that cool. being said... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Nothing. I was going to say, I don't know if we've had a double Char King, but I'm sure we have at this point, but... I think they're rare, and like you mentioned a couple episodes ago, I think the Char Kings are going to be few and far between, once we hit a point, I really think that we're in the golden era in season three. I We're going to see a lot of real good episodes here. I have a correction to my own statement because I've been tracking this on our newly updated um, spreadsheet of this. We have, we have only had a double charging one other time, and it is Order of the Straight Arrow. Okay. Yeah. God, that's such a good episode. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. And three days at the condo. Sorry. That is also such a so, good yeah, episode. Really great episodes. Yeah, like totally deserving of double charking. I, it's the, so, okay, the, I, so sweeping proclamation. If we both give it a charking, then we get to call it a charking imperial. Like it is the charking imperial, the Wagner charking imperial. <laughs> Absolutely. Like no, exactly the way I phrased it before. If you and I have an hour to sit down and just pound beers and watch King of the Hill, these three yeah. episodes, if we picked them. Would not be dissatisfied by any of them. Hell yeah. Alrighty. Well, with that being said, let's move on to episode 38, Peggy's Headache. We have an original air date of October 6th, 1998. Uh, Our writer for this is Joe Stillman. Let's see what else Joe has written for us. Um, He is the executive story editor of the uh, pilot. Okay. And he did a couple of season one episodes. He has not done anything since season one. This is his first introduction since Keeping Up With Our Joneses. He wrote that one with Jonathan Collier. Uh, But he also wrote Square Peg. He did a lot of different, like, editing stories and everything else like that. He edited a lot of stuff in the first season. The Pilot, Square Peg, Order of the Straight Arrow, Hank's Got the Willies, Luann's Saga, 
Hank's unmentionable problem, Westy side story, like he he pretty much like executive edited the story for half the first season. So guy mm-hmm. guy knows what he's doing. He was a consultant on a whole bunch of other stuff, a lot of really good ones. Um, Hank's Dirty Laundry, Pretty Pretty Dresses, Firefighting We Will Go, Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men. That is like, so that's that's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like guy's got some pedigree for him and he I mean he's it sounds to me like he's a much better editor than specifically writer but it he gets along I really think well this with this writing. makes that abundantly clear. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and I I would agree. Yeah. Um I don't know, he gets he gets along really well with the writing staff and I think he knows what liberties to take with their work. Maybe not so much his own. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so our cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Min Supanusapone, and we have our real first big John Redcorn episode, and it's not, he's not even in it a whole lot, he's just the focus the whole time. But we haven't seen a lot of John Redcorn, we see him when they need to talk about Native American stuff, and that's the only time. Yeah, or when there's Foreigner playing in the background. (laughs) Also that. (laughs) um you got a synopsis for me buddy uh peggy starts getting headaches because she can't keep up with the pressure of trying to replace doyle harkavy and i don't think he's that good but hey whatever so she goes to see john redcorn and he heals her but then he's also been healing another member of the block that's right nancy gribble and everybody now just suspects that he's healing peggy wink 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 we all know we're talking about here in the same way that he's been healing nancy uh, meanwhile, Peggy realizes that this whole time that Dale is not Joseph's father, that Nancy and Con- or wow, Nancy and John Redcorn have been having an affair for what 13 years and yeah, it's she's the last one to know and it's funny. And I it's am not. shocked. Yeah. I am truly shocked. They had a fairy book marriage, Mark. Also, I'm going to start saying fairy book instead of storybook. I don't say yes. storybook now, but I'm going to start shoehorning that one in. You got to, man. Um, so we don't really have a B story in this. We have an A story that's, that leads its way the whole way through. Peggy, Hank, Nancy, and Red Corn are our characters here. Yep. And we, let's just, you got any notes for this before we jump into prose? I got a couple weird notes. Um, mostly, uh, VIP and Oriental, and V, I can't talk. I don't know what's wrong with me. VIP and Oriental Massage. I think those are just happy ending massage parlors. Could be. Um, I believe that this episode firmly cements my theory that the announcer is voiced by Dale. We see it during the softball scene. Yep. That weird nebulous announcer and every... T- and we, you and I go back and forth. It's 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 um, Toby Huss. No, no, it's Johnny Hardwick. No, it's Toby Huss. But I think this one really drives that point home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really all the... Oh, I have one more super, super, super nerdy note, Johnny. If I can be... Can I be as nerdy as I'll ever get? Yeah. Cool. When Peggy goes to John Redcorn's um, place of healing, I don't know what you call that, whatever, when she goes there, she's looking at all the stuff, and there is a, it looks like two question marks and an exclamation point making a pyramid. Do you know what that okay. is? I have it's no on idea. His wall. That, okay, it's so cool. It's not cool. I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. That is the symbol of Haster, the king in yellow. Who is a like? He's a fictional deity, not in the Lovecraft verse, but it shared the Lovecraft versus um, what do you call that? Like, 
the same canon. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's an Ambrose Beer story, but it's it talks about like the king in yellow, and that symbol is the symbol of the king in yellow, and it's, dude. There are goddamn like weird fiction fans writing, or, or at least drawing for King of the Hill. Yeah. And I think that's I I love that bit. And I know that it shows up later on, and that's when I recognized it was later on. I, I, I want to say probably one of the ones where, like, Dale's helping him do stuff the, the, with the getting the tribe's land back. But right. I saw it again this time. I was like, oh, shit, they did this even back then. And I, that was a cool bit for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any notes? I don't have any notes. I've got a couple of pros for this. Go for it. Um, there is, finally, we get a different song that's not... It's not foreign, or maybe they ran out of their budget, or maybe they realized maybe we shouldn't harp on the same damn song for three seasons. Let's just leave it at two. Sure. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna die on this hill, man. Cherry pie is not that great of a song, or hot blooded no. isn't that good of a song. Wow. They, Cherry pie they, is not a good <laughs> song either, though. Poison it's really is not. not. A good band. They both you can suck. Just say it. It's okay. <laughs> um. Naive Peggy is full-blown this episode. It's the whole point of the episode. And this is one of my more favorite moments of Naive Peggy because she gets dunked on by everybody for not knowing this. Yes. I love that Min totally dunks on her like, ooh, who am I going to tell first? I know. I'm going to go email Khan. I'm going to email Khan. Yep, I have to. I have to totally just do this, make you feel even worse. Uh, The entire baseball scene is a pro. Okay. The entire baseball scene is a pro for me because I I really like that tongue-in-cheek Mel Brooks style. I'm going to make as many phallic dick jokes and double entendres as I can in like a 30-second span. I grew up with it. I still find it hilarious. Okay. Uh, so it always just like – it always tickles me when I'm watching it. Um And the last pro that I've got for this is something that is going to be a consistent and frankly impressive feat to carry with such a complex character as Dale, but his unabashed love for Nancy is so Mm -hmm. damn refreshing, like absolutely nobody would ever discount it. And it it takes one, it takes this episode but he proves it time and time and time again throughout this series. Nope, Nancy is the woman for me. I can't even be swayed even a little by anyone else. <laughs> and I don't know. a good moment. What's new? Nothing. Peggy wants to leave Hank and run away with me. <laughs> right? So I, I love his um, track team physique line. Track team physique. He's, he seems to think he's just hot shit, and it's like, dude, no, you're a weird, pasty, gangly-looking guy that's got kind of a pooch, and you smoke a shitload. I can just see him doing the weird, gross, naked wiggle stands over. <laughs> yes. Um, so, th- I mean, those are the pros that I've got here, and I think that last one here, really, like I said, it's, it's a through line that's going to continue to pop up throughout this entire series, but they establish it now, and they never, ever diverge from it, and damn, does it feel good. Yeah. I, I, I do, and, and to, 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 what do you call that, double down on that, I love how much he loves Joseph. Dale is such a good, yes. Dale's a piece of shit. 90, the rest of the show, Dale's kind of a piece of shit, but man, he is a fantastic father. 
He is like if I'm going to throw this into an like the the ether of another TV show. This is why I love Michael Scott in The Office because mm-hmm. the dude is ninety percent of the time he's a dumbass and he does the absolute wrong thing and should know better. You know, mm-hmm. he always does something with disastrous consequences. But that ten percent of the time where he's being a genuine human, they make you love him. And damn it, does Dale's the same way with all of his chicanery and all of his hijinks all it takes is one episode of i'm gonna give you another five bucks here to go and get milk buds so you can watch encino man by the way that's my retro rage <laughs> like it makes you just love it yeah for sure so absolutely yeah what pros do you got man or did i steal them all I, yeah i'll be honest dude i don't have a lot of pros i don't really like this episode okay um, in fact, you know what? I only have one pro and it's, it's good to see some men. Yeah. That's the only one. I guess, I guess this is as good a time as any to kick into cons. Um, cause I don't have a lot of good to say, but I really don't sure. like this episode. I don't know. Um, it's got moments that are fine, but this is another one of those ones for me. And it's like, it's got some all rightish moments, but like, okay. The setup is dumb. It's musings are dumb. I don't know. Um, so I guess I'm just going to jump into the, my cons if you don't mind. Yeah, no, go for it, man. So number one, you mean to tell me that three times a week they're just boning from 8 a.m. to 4.30 because he has to get out of there before Dale comes home? Number, yep. Just first thing out of the gate, and that's all they're doing. I, Cool, whatever, that's fine. I don't know. Um, my biggest one is this episode doesn't actually pick up until, like, halfway through it. And in a show yeah. with a 22-minute runtime, 11 minutes is way too long to spend. On whatever they spent it on. I don't know what they spent it on, but... <laughs> Peggy trying to muse and talking about Doyle Harcavy, who we're never going to see again? Because he's retiring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, And finally, I don't like the softball scene. I think it's okay. dumb. I think it's bad writing. I He's going to score. That's what you're... You're using baseball. Like... You're using baseball as... And I'm sorry, dude, like... Hey, Johnny, I got to second base last night. It's so easy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so much of it. And it's, it's just, not, I don't know. I didn't like it at all. And I used to think it was funny. It's weird. I used to really like this. Not really like, but I used to, yeah, it's fine. It's funny. But now I watch this one and I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't know. It just know. didn't do it for you. It really didn't. Okay. It, I don't know. It just, but I had a thought. I forget which episode it was. And we had the weird throwout note of why are Boomhauer and Redcorn hanging out? And we know why they're hanging out now because there's teammates. Yeah, they're softball they play buddies. So- they're on the same. Po- yeah, which is weird to me that it's weird to me that the <laughs> would be on a team with like what the the healers like. What is this <laughs> right? like the unassociated like the unaffiliated softball team like? It's just some sort of like yeah, yeah like coed or rec league or something like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't that that one stood out to me and I kind of remembered when I thought, oh, that's it's kind of cool. But I don't know. How about a favorite moment, dude? Uh, I got cons for you, man. Oh, shit. You got don't cons. you ro- railroad me here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's OK. I've only got two of them. Um, when Peggy walks in. To go and find Redcorn, and they're in Nancy's room, and Nancy's very clear, like, they've just stopped boning. Yes. How does Peggy not smell their funk? I don't want to know. Like, I, 
I, it's a dead giveaway. And even as naive as she is, she should know. Maybe that's what ginkgo biloba smells like. I maybe maybe it's some like weird thing that that Redcorn has convinced her of like I don't know some crystal thing or I don't I hate new age yeah. healing I really do sometimes um with you. and then my other con is they waste Bobby here in a in a way like a weird way they they shoehorn him in into one specific scene that he doesn't have any business being in, and he just says yeah. a throwaway line. It's his trash yeah. can comment about how good the trash smells today. What the hell? We just had to have Bobby being weird, right? Is that the only it's, reason? It's the only reason. Like he has nothing to do the whole episode except for talk about Doyle Harkavy in the beginning smell the trash, and then go with Peggy and go, absolutely, of course coffee wakes you up in the morning. Like That's all yeah. we get out of Bobby. So what the hell is that second moment for? Is it just because you needed an extra 10 seconds? I really think it, I think it was a pad. You could put that moment into literally any other episode, and it would do the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. And it sucks because that's such a good that boy ain't right moment, and I don't even think Hank's in the room when he does it. Or if he is, he, is. he doesn't comment on well, it. No, he doesn't comment on it. That's the thing, yeah. So it's such a waste. Yeah. But um, favorite moments. Favorite moments. Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say Jahan Redcorn is funny. Peggy Hill. You know? Always gets a chuckle. But even more, I lose it every time I watch the beginning of this episode. And they talk about how Doyle Harkavy should know kids because his daughter, like, walked out of a window. And Luann cannot stop laughing. That's so messed uh, up. It is. And I love Luann for it because it's so genuine. I just have to imagine Brittany Murphy lost her shit and they like, we have to use this laugh somewhere. <laughs> like, we yeah. absolutely have to. So her d- stupid, dumb laugh. She has so many weird, awkward moments with her laugh in this series that always make me laugh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but how about you, man? You got a favorite moment for this? Um, Peggy walking into the sliding glass door. <laughs> okay. When she's storming out, but then going, but then checking right before she goes back inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, okay. that's about it. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's give this guy a rating. Yeah, let's Raider. Go for it. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go on this. I have a feeling I might be a little kinder to this episode, but not as kind as you might think, because I made it sound like I, I kind of liked this episode, and it was it fell flat for me. I thought yeah. it was going to be better. Um, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, I gave it a butane. Okay. It's got a couple of good moments. Uh, really, it, it's Dale stuff when we get a chance to see him mm-hmm. for the most part. And I don't know. I hate that this becomes continuity because Peggy will go on to work at the bystander for like five seasons after this. And it's obnoxious. I don't mind don't that. Like be, I don't mind that so much, but yeah, I'm with you. Just some good moments there though. There, there, there's some good characters that come out of the bystander for sure. But yeah, so I get a butane. How about you, man? I also gave it a butane. I didn't really like okay. this episode. Like I said, I didn't think it was funny, but it's important. Um, you need this episode to establish that, like, number one, Nancy's bad. We need to have the reconciliation later on. Fine, cool. 
Um, but also you need to realize that Joseph isn't Dale's son, and we all knew it, but now everyone all knows it. And then also, Dale loves Joseph, and he loves Nancy, and you have to have that. Like, we can't just have good Hank episodes where Hank learns to say, oh, I love you, even though I just was in, like, a propane explosion. You know, we have to have everybody growing. Otherwise, it's just the Hill family, and it's boring. So, yeah. Right. Butane. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the, that's, I mean, that about does it for our episodes. We had uh, double Char King, and then we had a double Butane. Sounds about right for us, yeah. Yeah. I think we did pretty good. <laughs> I well, Mark, we did. you want to tell the good folks of the internet where they can find us and follow us for more content? I would love to. If you want to find us and follow us for more content, you can do that at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can do that at danglepodcast on Twitter. You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And Johnny, they can find you where? Uh, they can find me at Stream on Twitter. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in almost sounds like I'm scheming, but not quite. Okay, I'll give it to you. You're good. Hey, there we go. Thank you guys so much water, for this. So. It wasn't moving water. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and you all have a great evening. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.